Welcome to Smarter Together, the market research podcast by Phase 5. In each episode, we will be bringing in guests with different areas of expertise from different organizations to dig into the latest, most innovative, and most inspiring insights we encounter in our work as a market research firm that focuses on customer centricity. Did you know customer experience doesn't happen by chance? It happens by design. Today, I'd like to welcome two very special guests, Tanya Fowler and Andreas Noe. Phase 5 has had the opportunity to collaborate with Tanya and First Canadian Title, FCT, for several years on various CX journey improvement projects, all with the aim of prioritizing customers. As the Head of Customer Experience at FCT, Tanya's role involves gathering and analyzing customer and employee insights to create compelling narratives that drive change and address the ever-evolving needs of their customers. Some of Tanya's achievements include creating and leading a CX committee with cross-functional senior leaders to address and resolve enterprise-wide CX opportunities, creating and leading an internal network of CX advisors for accelerated organizational adoption of CX, and developing a voice of customer program to include solicited and unsolicited feedback forms, which received an award from North American Customer Centricity Awards and third in World Series Customer Centricity Awards. Andreas, so pleased to have you back as our first returning guest. For any new listeners, Andreas is one of the founders of Phase 5, and he leads the firm's customer experience and marketing insights teams. He has developed a particular expertise in CX strategy, metrics, and performance measurement. Tanya, would you mind getting us started by just sharing a little bit about your current role at FCT and your background in marketing and customer experience? Absolutely. And Rachel, I want to start off by saying thank you so much for having (laughs) me today. My career trajectory really started uh, in roles such as legal, customer support, customer support operations, sales enablement, and marketing prior to being tapped on the shoulder to step into customer experience. And when I look back at my tenure, I realized a lot of the past roles that I had really allowed me to develop a key skill that I observed in successful customer experience professionals. And that's perspective. I just feel that innate ability to be able to step into someone else's shoes and imagine their experience as they do, not Mm. what I imagine or expect it to be. So I currently wear many hats in my role at FCT, including CX strategy, customer-centric culture, CX measurement, and our voice of customer program. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your background. Would you mind sharing with me a little bit about some of your priorities in the coming year? Oh, absolutely. So I'm really focusing on the CX culture maturity and really in particular, just connecting that employee experience and the customer experience, demonstrating ROI in CX, really just using a scalable, repeatable business model, trying to take a little less tangibles out of CX and make them really tangible for the organization to connect them to revenue. And of course, maintaining and growing our voice of customer program. Another question for you, Tanya, if you don't mind just providing some insights into how and why the partnership between Phase 5 and FCT started and really what factors contributed to that development of this long-term working relationship. 
Sure. So phase five, I found really entrenched its value right from the beginning by conducting internal assessment of what our voice of program was. Uh, we really needed that external perspective and expertise and the CX consultation to really improve that framework so we could drive actionable customer insights that our business could leverage and embed into their strategies. So we found right away that phase five's ability to hone in on those key areas of strength and the weaknesses was very impressive. They provided us with a foundation that we really needed to make monumental changes to our program and also really helped us achieve recognition as first place finalist in the North American Customer Centricity Awards in 2021 and 2022. Wow. Yeah, the first introduction with phase five really led us to partnering with them for more projects down the line, research, CX journey framework, design thinking, which I love, and experience design. So now I'd love to really talk a little bit about some of the collaboration that the two of you have done together. And I'd like to focus first really on the most recent collaboration in January of 2023, where the two of you collaborated on an article published in research world called putting customers first maybe andreas you can get us started here by just giving us a brief overview of that article that you two worked on together and what its main message was all about sure happy to do so rachel uh thanks for having me back i'm, I'm very pleased to be back tanya thanks to you also for both your partnership and for the very kind words you started with here today <laughs> so the, this idea of putting customer first is really about embracing that customer-centric culture. And, and it really is a philosophy. And we've seen it described in many different ways beyond being customer-centric. Tanya knows knows one battle cry really well when, when she hears people talk about being you know, customer-obsessed, for example. And, and those battle cries, that philosophy, it really is noble, and which is great. The problem with it is, and I'm going to use a word that Tanya just used, it's not very tangible to people that are working in the trenches and that need to try to execute on CX because they ask, well, what the heck does that mean? And what am I supposed to do about it? So the way to make that work is you've got to figure out a way to be extremely purposeful and deliberate about how you tackle CX. And this is something that I think Tanya has begun to institutionalize at FCT and something that we talked about in that article. So examples of things that that we felt and tried to communicate in that article and that FCT is doing, including really making sure we design whatever experiences we want to design around a very specific customer segment or customer persona. Second, to make sure we're specifying the journey that they're on so we can understand its current state and, and ideally get to that future state. Trying to leverage insights as much as possible about that customer, um, both current state and desired future state on that journey. And then the big part that's really important is engaging this team of internal stakeholders to work collaboratively to try to understand what do the insights mean and what does that mean for potential actions that we can prioritize to try to improve the experience for the benefit of the customer and for the benefit of the organization, in this case, FCT. So implementing a customer-first approach often requires a little bit of a shift in mindset and organizational culture. What would you say are some of the strategies or best practices for companies that are looking to really embrace this change? 
I'd say really the focus on importance of embedding those customer insights. So of course, to be able to embed them, you really got to have a good structure in place to gather the insights from customers. The best practices that we typically use are gathering the feedback from the customer in the moment, in the time, in the channel that they're already in. Being able to take that, analyze it, and analyzing it, I think, is a really key part of it because you really want to not be subjective in what you're hearing with what the customers are saying, but really be able to interpret it. So once we take that or interpret it, then we can look at how do we take action on it, but then monitoring those actions after the fact is really key. So what we've been able to really focus on as well is understanding how every employee at our organization is critical to the success of our customer experience. So every single role, how do they impact CX either directly or indirectly and taking that outside in approach, just going through the paths that your customers go through. I'd say one area that really enlightened everyone was the work that phase five did to really bring our persona to life. We continue to use that persona at the table when we're making decisions and we say, what would this customer say? We're giving this customer a seat at the table mm -hmm. and be able to go through it. That perspective, wow, I, I, I can't tell you enough how impactful that has been to allow our employees to truly step into the shoes of our customers and be able to make decisions that they know are, are truly customer-centric. The article also mentions the role of technology in delivering a customer-centric experience. Can either of you share or think of any examples of how businesses can leverage technology to better understand and serve their customers? The one area that we've really been able to take advantage of is just driving better efficiencies. So being able to use technology to measure specific touch points, you know, at the journey level, at the interaction level, at the perception level, so that you're not really having to completely rely on customers telling you through solicited means, but also looking at data and using your technology platforms to pull those data points together to then create a data-driven story uh, that's coming from your customers. That is definitely an area that we've been able to leverage that has been very remarkable in, in the change and evolution of our customer-centric maturity. Yeah, would you say that you've also accelerated the speed by which you gather insights thanks to leveraging technology? Oh, 100%, 100%. Andreas, working together for an extended period, what would you say are some of the notable achievements or milestones in your collaboration with Tanya and FCT in terms of really putting customers first? Yeah, Rachel, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I would speak to milestones necessarily. I would say they're more about some qualities of the customer experience work that FCT is doing. So I'll touch on three things. One, there's just this discipline that they've gotten to to help them, one, see potential problems and opportunities from the customer's point of view, and then take very, very deliberate, consistent steps to effectively deal with those and to do that in a very collaborative way across many different internal stakeholders that, that as Tanya noted, you need to be able to pull things off. 
The second thing is this this repeated, like it, it's just over and over and over again, which is great, is leveraging insights. It's like, the, no, we've, we've got opinions, but we've got one source of truth that is coming from the customer. However, the customer is defined in that specific occasion, we want to hear from them, whether it's structured or unstructured, that's the reference point for truth that gets all the collaborators internally to work together. And then the part that they do that's really hard in CX is they get into the weeds. Too many organizations are afraid to get into the weeds, but CX is a really, really weedy discipline. And to be successful, you've got to have the patience, the fortitude, and the desire to want to work in those weeds with many different departments and different disciplines and people wearing different hats. It's time consuming, it can be exhausting, but it's so necessary to really drive change around CX, again, for the benefit of the customer. Thank you, Andreas. Facebot recently conducted a workshop for FCT on claims customer journey. Could either of you please explain how that workshop was structured and what outcomes it had? Tanya, do you want me to start on this one? Sure, that would be great. Okay, so officially, Rachel, we conducted several workshops and each of them sort of built on the one before it. And this was by design and something again, back to that discipline that we structured together and built together with Tanya. So the first one we had that really engaged the, the stakeholders was to share some insights we learned about specific customers that were on these claims journeys. And to really ensure that all the stakeholders you had a common understanding of what customers felt about their experience on the journey and where there were opportunities to potentially make that better based on a pain point they had or maybe an opportunity they were trying to seize. And so we spent a lot of time in that workshop making sure we understood what the lens of the customer was and what their perspective was on the journey. Uh, But we also spent some time engaging stakeholders to help us sort out, look, if we had to pick a couple areas where we really want to dig in and try to solve a problem or address an opportunity for the customer, where would we do that? That was the first workshop. The second workshop then said, okay, now that we've defined where we want to invest our time, we're going to spend some effort ideating around how we get to those solutions. But before we got to solutioning and brainstorming around that specific problem or opportunity, we had to invest some time making sure that we got back into the customer's lens and the customer's point of view as it pertained to that specific problem or opportunity. So we did empathy mapping to talk about the current state. We talked about a desired future state that the customer would ideally have around that specific problem or that specific opportunity. We went through painstaking detail to make sure we defined the problem very, very clearly and what solving it would do as a benefit to that customer. And then we were finally ready to ideate around and brainstorm around some opportunities to get that customer to what we call their victory circle. And again, all the stakeholders participated in this process. And then we prioritize all of the ideas largely based on, look, which of these are going to have the best impact on that customer along this journey? And which of these is going to be, in relative terms, a little easier to execute and which of these things maybe will take more effort? So that allowed us to prioritize some of those ideas to address the problem. Now, the part that was really neat, so that was sort of how we structured the workshops from a process point of view. But what some of the outcomes were, were really interesting in this case, because as it pertained to the FCT claims journey, by design, we looked at two very different 
types of customers on the same journey, not at the same time, but they were taking the same journey. One was the lawyer who might be involved in the claims journey, and the other was the actual end customer who owned the piece of real estate and who owned that title insurance. And we we decided to leverage insights for each of those groups. And this is one of those, we knew it going in, but but the comparison along the way and their reaction to their experience on the journey for each of those two groups was very, very different. So for example, we learned that consumers don't know title insurance really well. This was nothing new to FCT, they knew that. But one of the things that the internal group of stakeholders decided that they wanted to tackle right away is, look, this is a major moment of truth for that customer, and it happens really, really early. So, you know, trouble occurs at home, something bad has happened, you've got a consumer that's extremely stressed, right? They're feeling really vulnerable, and worse, they're feeling all alone, right? They're confused, they don't know what processes or sorry what claims or part of a claim even if it's eligible for a claim might be covered by their general home insurance policy they don't know what fct might cover so the team decided you know what that's the point in the journey where we're going to try to deal with that pain point for that customer and the important part for fct which was remarkable that we got from the collaborators was look is this not a functional thing at all like sure we want to get them past that point of feeling vulnerable but it was really about the emotion how do we ensure that we have those customers realize that fct's in their corner we are going to work hard to to try to help them get that claim it's not adversarial we want to be there for that customer so wanting to sort of paint that narrative for that customer was really important the lawyers on the other hand and i won't go into the detail on that one it was completely different right the nature of their problems and their pain points were quite different and so the team decided we don't need to start at the same place in the journey to begin to tackle a problem so that's how we went about it and what was interesting is we were there only to tackle two very specific moments, one for consumers, one for lawyers, together with FCT. But what we left behind was a series of tools and process steps to follow so that if they wanted to tackle the next problem or the next opportunity for any one of those customer groups, they had the tools there to help them do that. Tanya, do you have anything that you want to add to that? He said it all. That was eloquent. <laughs> it was on point. Absolutely agree with everything he'd said. I think I would just add, you know, as an insurance company, our claims handling process is it's the cornerstone of our product value. So if we don't get this right with those two main stakeholders that Andreas mentioned, our insureds and our law firms, we completely jeopardize our, our brand integrity and, and reputation. So following those workshops, the team created some project teams for some short-term, some long-term action plans, as Andreas mentioned. Um, some of the outputs were, you know, our, our intake process was just completely reimagined and implemented to include like a white glove concierge reorganization of how the team approached this through that people and process changes that we identified that could be quick wins for us. Uh, and lastly, you know, the technology enhancements that our claim handling team process was using it was it was addressed to really overcome some of those common employee experience pain points um, i'm very passionate about making sure that you know employees have the tools provided to them to deliver on the experience that our customers expect from us and that really impacted on how they could deliver on what our customers are looking for our longer 
term plans will include a larger technology play to complement the people and process changes, but already we have seen a significant change in how our claims are approached and we're receiving, uh, probably for the first time in, in quite a long time, just a lot more compliments that people are taking the time out from their day to just say thank you so much for sharing, which really correlates to what Andreas was saying about that high emotionally charged state that they're in and mm. how we're able to really diffuse that, but also make sure like we're in your corner. We're very proud of the fact that we don't look at every single loophole to deny a claim. We actually do the opposite. We really look for ways to provide that comfort and that value on what the product was that the customer felt that they were purchasing from us. Tanya, I'd love to ask, you come from so much experience in that customer experience field. If you have any advice or any additional details you want to share with our listeners that have learned from your experiences? I think it's really about, you know, that growth as, as a CX practitioner and never losing sight of it being your outside in lens. I remember the first time when I stepped into CX, I get customer escalations and, you know, I, I'm just like every employee, when they wake up in the day, they go to work, you just want to do the best you can for your customers and resolve the issues and pain points that they're bringing. Ideally, you want to proactively ensure that they don't have those issues. But when the time arises, you really want to be able to address it and resolve it so that they are satisfied. So I'd say the biggest growth for me was when I stopped relying on my internal stakeholders to quickly provide resolutions and walked in the path of our customers. That's when I could absolutely see the opportunities that we had and could focus on them. And obviously no different from any other company, prioritization and really looking for what is the highest impact to your customers with maybe the lowest effort, tackle those first and then go back, but always making sure that you're monitoring your progress were those changes the right changes? Did they make the right decision? Is there tweaks that have to be done? I'd say that's an area that we continue to mature in. We're awesome at jumping and taking action. It's just looking back at some of those actions we've taken and making sure that we're making and addressing any additional tweaks that we may require as well. Andreas, do you have anything you'd like to add or any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I'll just add one. And this was specific to, to FCT because we don't see this elsewhere with, within other organizations. One of the things I think that really helps in their march to improving and growing their CX maturity as an organization is the willingness of the internal stakeholders who are in leadership roles to embrace what CX can bring to the table because no matter what it comes with a certain degree of risk of exposure of you know being shown that that the customer doesn't like what we're doing to them and we need to make things better and and you know not everyone is willing to do that and i can say that the internal clients i'll call them that tanya had that she brought to us to work with around generating insights and getting to experience design have been really, really strong proponents of both the discipline that Tanya is building and supporting the outcomes and what to do next. And, and I gotta say, Rachel, these are from people that, to be really fair, they really know their business, where at the beginning, especially around claims, I remember when Tanya approached us, I'm like, claims? You want us to help you with claims? I was a bit shocked 
wow, I thought this was a part of your business that was, you know, you got someone really bright and good that's that's in there looking after that business. And that's because of who that person is that leads it, who said, no, we can always make it better. Let's let's make sure we're, we're doing what's best for the customer. And it's OK to, to have a fresh look at this and let's go. Wow. Amazing. Thank you, Andreas. That's great insights. And I feel very blessed to to work with with these colleagues as well. I think part of it, part of the reasoning is is the mantra of never looking at a complaint as a complaint. Look at it as a gift because there is absolutely many customers. I think even when I think about my day-to-day interactions with brands, when they let you down, sometimes you're like, oh, well, they didn't get it right, moving on, and you're on to the next organization. For people to take valuable time out of their day to tell us what we're not doing right is a gift. There's no other way that you're going to become better as an organization if you don't look at it in that manner. That's a great attitude, Tanya, and I'd like to take that and apply it to other areas of of life as well. I just want to thank you both so much for your time today and for really talking collaboratively together about that goal and, and that priority of putting customers first. For anyone who is interested in learning more about this topic, feel free to check out the Phase 5 website or the edition in Research World that Tanya and Andreas worked on together. And if you have any particular questions for Andreas and Tanya, feel free to submit them on the podcast page of the Phase 5 website, and we'll make sure to provide those to Tanya and Andreas accordingly. Thank you guys so much for being here today, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Oh, thank you so much, both of you. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Tanya. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you.